0: I knew that I would work harder than any call center at filling it up. Yeah. And so I was the one that had every uh, all the calls routed to my phone, yep. and I did that fill up because I also really wanted to understand it. And I, we were doing everything. I mean, Google ads, Facebook ads, uh, Facebook free posts, because we have a yep. big community group. I mean, I even made 5,000 door hangers that had QR codes for apartments and everything. Yeah. But we started filling up crazy fast. I mean, we did 285 units in 82 days. We were 100% full, nothing left. Wow. And so um, the best day I had was 12 rentals, 12 closings in a day.
1: 12 in a day. There's a lot of people that wish they could get that in a month right now. That's amazing. Welcome everybody to Self Storage Income, and we are here at the Cordillera Resort for the Self Storage Income event, which so far has been awesome. And Matt, thank you for coming on. Oh, I, am glad we got here and we could do this in person. This is way better than doing on like a yes, Zoom or for something sure. like prefer that. that too. Right? And um, I'm really excited for you to come on. You've been, because, you've been growing fast and yet you're doing it also in a way where you you're finding niche properties you're 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 looking at building right so you're approaching i think self-storage in multiple ways but uh you're doing it on not on your own but right but it's you yeah and you're figuring it out you're trying to say how can we get into this like and you don't have big partners um you're not in huge cities, you know, No, it's not like small you have huge towns, major capital yeah. backers that are like, oh yeah, we're going to do it. So walk us through, first of all, what got you interested in storage period, but yeah. then how did you go from, you're really interested in yeah. this to like, how do we then execute?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, first going to storage way, way, way back, I grew up in a small town in Brookings, Oregon, mm-hmm. and uh, actually had a friend, childhood friend, his dad had built one like in the 80s. Yeah. And they, they, you know, my family had a few rental homes, you know, nothing, they, they were school yeah. teachers. So that yeah. we didn't have any big real estate portfolio, yep. but a couple rentals. So I was kind of familiar with it, but always saw the headache. And the longer I was around this friend growing up and his family, it just seemed like this great property. His dad always said, Oh, we never do anything. I mean, they were those perfect owners of, they were not raising prices. They were not paying attention, yep. but they were still making money. I mean, they just yep. ignored yep. it and they were fine with it and happy. So I kind of had always been aware of it, but I really, that same thing of like having no idea how to get into it. Um, as I got older and decided to get into real estate, wasn't able to start right there. Even though it was in my mind, yeah. I started
1: with like a four or five Was there any motivator to get into it? Like, was it, was it just something you like, you <clears throat> know, hey, this is a great way to create wealth or? So I've always
0: wanted to make sure that I had built some kind of stream whether it was an investment property or storage or something where i wasn't having to show up every day to generate the money so there's always been probably that yes. running but still i mean i got to tell you like i really thought that, i mean this is years ago aj though i mean this is like seven years ago and there were people talking about storage but not the yeah. level they were now no and so i I would kind of know what's good, but I had to keep digging and I was doing a little bit more, but it, it really wasn't a clear blueprint of like what to do. Yeah. So at some point what happened actually was some friends challenged me and I they knew I'd saved up some money, but they're like, "Well, you're just going to sit on this forever? You need to do something." And then that's kind of when I just bought this fiveplex. Yeah. Got into it, worked on it. Um, then, you know, my wife and I continued to do like a sixplex and a fourplex and we did some other property. Well, in the middle, while we were doing that, we kept looking for storage, looking for land, looking for an existing one, looking for, always looking. But again, I was running into this hurdle. What you could easily find with a broker might have been out of our budget at that time. Three million, four million, whatever. It was out of the budget at the time. And I didn't have all that set up. Well, finally, an opportunity came along where someone new had found two acres, seller financed, only a hundred grand. Yeah sheet this was the inn yeah it was zoned right ready to go and that actually we started construction first of all the facilities okay now it took a little while for that yeah. to get going because you know I, I tell people like that was the biggest lesson I think I ever had because it was every problem you could have I mean we had wetlands we had yeah. COVID in part of the building yeah. we had um Everything was raising us, wetlands. If you're not familiar, sometimes you have to buy off the acreage yeah. at a land bank. When we started the project, it was 70,000 an acre. By the time we had to pay, it was 130,000 yeah. an acre. And this
1: is in Oregon, wetlands? Yeah, uh, Oregon. In Oregon? Yeah, yeah, in Big, Oregon, some yeah, other places. Is, yeah, so you may be sitting here going, oh, I've dealt with wetlands before. Well, not <clears throat> like you have in Oregon, so. Yeah, <laughs> and
0: so there was just so many delays and issues, but we, once that kind of came online, then we bought another facility, and then it was been 18 months later, we bought another one recently. So, I mean, that's kind of the high level, yeah. But the process through all that was once the building started on that first facility, it was 35,000 square feet. Things went smooth, I'm not gonna lie, it mm-hmm. was a nightmare before, but once the building started, it went pretty smooth, Good. and then. I knew that I would work harder than any call center at filling it up. Yeah. And so I was the one that had every uh, all the calls routed to my phone. Yep. And I did that fill up because I also really wanted to understand it. And I, we were doing everything. I mean, Google ads, Facebook ads, uh, Facebook free posts, because we have a yep. big community group. I mean, I even made 5,000 door hangers that had QR codes for apartments and everything. Yeah. But we started filling up crazy fast. I mean, we did 285 units in 82 days. That's we were amazing. 100% full. Nothing left. Wow. And so, um the best day I had was 12 rentals. 12 wow. closings in a day on our own. And this is a town of 50,000. So it's decent, but there were 12 other facilities. I mean, we yeah. have a lot of facilities in this town.
1: Yeah, 12 in a day. There's a lot of people that wish they could get that in a month right now. That's amazing.
0: Yeah. So we, we really filled that up. And then what happened, though, I mean, again, you learn along the way. I was doing anything to get people in. You need a yep. 10 by 20. I'll give you two 10 yep. by 10 side by side. I'll discount it. I'll do this. And I got in some doozies, you know, in our town. We have the county jail, not always the best winners. And I think I made it too easy to rent. Um, so it took a couple months and nothing bad. Just people, a lot more people leaving trash and abandoning units than we should have had. Um, but, you know, we cleaned it up. And now it, it runs phenomenal. It's still, it, even to this day, we only have four units available at that facility. Jeez. And now, handed it off. So yeah. we don't, We don't. Yeah. I mean, handed it off at like four or five months right after
1: that. Okay. Now, you bought facilities and you built facilities. Um, what are the pros and cons from starting that way? So not just the yeah. pros and cons in general, but saying, all right, I'm going to get started now that may be simply with one, you already have a facility or two, but like, okay, if you're going to, you're still newer in the game and everything building versus buying. Boy, I tell you, if you can do your own marketing and just
0: buy, I I really think that's where you should start. Yeah. It relieves a lot of that stress and of, of like having to fill up and getting that burden off of you. Um, there's just more unknown when you're building. As you know, Like, I mean, there's just more unknown. And I mean, we were very fortunate. I also think we had a good time. I mean, clearly we're still in a good area because we're maintaining our occupancy, but I think we were in a great time to also fill it up. And I think you should, I mean, Really, honestly, I think you should buy unless you're very confident yeah. in building or have no other option. Like, I understand if maybe you've been trying and trying and trying and you can't find an existing one and you find, like we did, really cheap land and yeah. you really believe you can go for it, then I understand. But it, it is easier to get a facility, even if it barely makes any money. Mm-hmm. you It's still not negative, you know, yeah, when you buy absolutely. it. And then
1: you get to go forward yeah. with that expansion and, and plan. And two, it, time. I mean, how long from buying the property to... You know, and you filled out up astronomically quick. Normally, you're yeah. looking at years, um, but what would the time frame look like?
0: On the building was a long time because we had um, in, in Oregon with wetlands, they had also laid off some of the state people, and so we had crazy stuff like this. Like we turned in our application, they have 90 days to reply to you. They weren't saying anything in these 90 days. Just just on an email response, AJ. To, to, for the guys to know how to go. Nothing, nothing, nothing. We are asking the consultant, come on, push them, see if you know, no, they have 90 days. At 92 days, he reaches out and the lady goes, oh, I didn't see that. I'm gonna need another 60, just to answer a question. Jeez. So it was five, I mean like five month delays. Oh, and then we ran into a, you know, um, an unrecorded easement on the property. The power company had an easement. It didn't get recorded oh. from 1970. And so then we were planning to build units there and we had to change it. So we hit two, it was over two years of planning, two, two and a half years.
1: So that's the other thing I don't recommend, I mean, going- that's interesting, because like, I guess- Two and a half. So I've, never, I've never had that happen where it was, so it, there was an easement, but it, it wasn't recorded anywhere. So, so nobody we, knew?
0: Well, what happened was when, they, when the property, when the city formed yeah. and all this back in the yeah. 50s, yeah, the power company put their easement. Yeah. Well in the 70s when they sold it they forgot to put it on there they oh. missed well the property sold 5 times but no one built yeah so what happened was no one ca- no one really got deep enough yeah. to find out about this yeah. easement
1: well and so that's actually how, how they selling. they do we found this out which was interesting because when we were doing an uh, um, we were looking at the easements the guy that was uh, that you have come out to look at the easements verify everything basically all he does is look at the last one yeah, so he just looks at the last one was recorded. So we had an issue where they'd messed up on the last one and they were saying the easement was huge. And we were, and I, we're literally out looking at the property and I'm like, it says the easement goes out of here, but the water's over there. And I'm <laughs> like, that doesn't make sense. And so yeah. if it wasn't for us, we would have lost a huge section and we had to go back and tell the guy. And he's like, well, I just looked at the last one. There was this drawing, right? done and they actually look back and it was like no that easement isn't like that at all so five times though i mean that's a lot it's a lot going back i don't know how you
0: well they they went back three but it was done on the the fifth fifth one one. in 70s and so they all think it was fine and it was the dang engineer he came out and he's like i don't think you can build there and i go what do you mean he goes well, I'm just positive there's going to be an easement there. And then I'm like, well, it actually does make sense. to me. I hate to say it, but I mean, it was like, it started clicking in my head. We weren't thinking about it. But then I see these parallels. I'm like, there probably is. Well, just like you, the easement was 25 feet back in the day. They They wanted 50. Now they wanted 50. Now they wanted 50. Now they wanted 50. So we had this whole thing we had to negotiate. I think we settled at 30. We tried to file a claim against the title company. They're so big. That took six months. And at the end of it, including like property appraisers and this, uh, they were like, here's five grand. And if you want more, go feel free to sue us. And it was like, oh my God. I mean, you got nothing out of this, even yeah. though it wiped out this chunk of property. So when I tell you there was all these problems, yeah, I mean, I feel pretty confident i building now. I yeah. don't think I'm going to yeah. hit that yeah. many. Yeah, 100%. Yeah.
1: You know, and too, it, it's interesting <clears throat> that, if you're building, guys, that's the nature of it. I, yeah. I like you, just, you shouldn't expect, to, it doesn't matter. I, I mean, we've never had a project that we were building that was, first of all, just ran smoothly. We didn't have issues. Like, that's not how it works. No. So I think a lot of people look at building where they just say, oh, it's cheaper, which most of the time, that's not even true. They're not <laughs> including lots of numbers. And yeah. then they get done with it and they're like, a million dollar build ended up being a million five hundred thousand, and we got no more for it. We just right. didn't understand everything else that went into it. Uh, we're building a project in Arizona, and our fees to the city are half a million dollars.
0: Yeah, right. Like, these are so hard to predict beforehand. Yeah, that's y- the yeah. other thing. Like, no, not really until you have
1: designs and building yes. and all
0: of this, and you're like, you're already 80 grand in does the city even want to give you a quote yeah. i mean this is that that is the difficulty and
1: then they start telling you what <clears throat> not only quote what they want predicated on this and then they'll tell you what you need to give us all the information before we tell you what we want or what we're going to require and then they take that and they just start picking it apart mm-hmm. and so you know it's it, it, there is a lot of risk but i th- you know I, I think vast majority of the time uh the, the risk is that you're not you're planning on something to be really smooth yeah. and simple and it's just not so you just need to realize going into it like you said oh i can build anything now because i know that there's going to be all these problems so yeah you understand going into it for sure and i think that's going to be work if you're going to build
0: uh the few pieces of advice i'd have is you know like you said just prepare yourself mentally mm-hmm. you know engineer's going to screw something up yep. civil's going to screw something up they're going to have a delay it's gonna cost you more money. Always. Like you, you just have to be prepared for it. So I also wouldn't go into it if you're down to your last cent or you don't have a like a strong income. Yes. If you have a strong day-to-day income and you can kind of make up money each month, maybe yep. as you go, and you really want to take that on. I think that's, you know, I, I understand going into that. The other thing I would do is, and I know you guys do this, but a lot of the guys that I see getting really in trouble in building, because we've been offered a couple facilities, is they get enticed by those prefab building projects that just get yes. dumped on a trailer. Yes. And what you don't realize is when you're buying this kit and they drop it off on a trailer, you now have ha, have to find a builder who knows how to assemble that. Yeah. And that will cost way more than just going with a company, make sure if you are gonna build, the company designs it, they manufacture it, and they install it. Yeah. It is all on them. Yeah. Do not do this, buy a kit, and hire some no. local guy and his help. No. To figure out how to assemble the thing. Well, it will cost you way more way
1: more. And not only that, um, he, we we had a guy in our own town that they said, you know what? We can do our own. I've got connections in China. We can get our own metal, we'll do our own manufacturing, we'll, we'll, we'll carve out this piece, this piece, right? And then they built this facility mm-hmm. that they were so proud of because they did it at so much less the cost. And then they couldn't sell it because all of these problems. So nobody wanted it. They're like, well, this is wrong. And I can't fix that now because it was built this way. And all of a sudden the value that they lost eclipsed anything that they saved on it. And uh, I I think you got to have a much bigger view, like you're saying, when when you're doing development, both in time frame, but also what needs to happen. And the scope of it, that everything that goes into it, because... A lot of people go into development thinking that it's cheaper if I do it, and they look at people that are giving bids and they view it as a simply a price game. Yeah, that doesn't yeah. work. Just because something uh, is cheaper doesn't mean it's a dollar for dollar, right? Like you're mentioning right. here. Um, so you really do have to take a a, a whole yeah. And whole the last
0: warning I'd have depend on what county you're in. Um, boy, our tax bill was the oh. surprise from hell. Yeah. Uh, let me just tell you, you know, when you're buying an existing facility in this varies state by state, but you know, some States can reassess on the purchase. Some it's set like yeah. in Oregon, it, it doesn't matter if you paid five times, once that price is set um it reevaluates maybe yearly based on other comps but it's not based on our purchase price. Yes. Uh they the Oregon has changed some of that. So but I know other states and I think wa- you know Washington I, right I'm not an expert yep. on that. Yep, they yep, all yep, do it differently. Yep. But when we built ours all we had to go off of was also AJ when we built ours the wealthiest guy in our county built across the street four and a half times the size and opened 9 months before us. Oh. So when we filled <laughs> and you still filled up in everybody, wow. I mean, brokers were going, wow. you're crazy to do this. Yeah. And I said, well, I'm this committed. Yep. We're going, we're going we're to going. this. You yeah. got to go now. Yep. So, and he builds beautiful facilities. Let yeah. me tell you, beautiful, like, like concrete, everything, everything. cinder block, yeah, like top, yep. above top, above
1: and beyond on all the expensive stuff, yep. Yep. all the expensive
0: yep. stuff. So he does. It. And so, you know, there was a little bit of nervousness, but I was looking at his taxes because they had just been issued. Right. Mm-hmm. So I know he's four and a half times the size. I can look at aerial maps yep. and all this. And so we're judging where we're going to be. And that would have put us around like we were hoping we'd be at 35000 a year. Yeah. We figured we might get hit at forty-four, something yeah. like that. $45,000, $84,000 <laughs> later. Yeah. And now you're fighting like heck. So that's the other thing I tell people. Like, like there can be more meat on the yeah. bone building, but there can also be more surprises. Absolutely. And... The, and we are fortunate that uh, we have done a good enough job to continue to push our rent up that we basically wiped out that tax bill. I mean, we, we're averaging mm-hmm. more. A year later, we're averaging 7,000 a month more than we were the previous year. So it kind of yeah. covered that tax bill, but that was a surprise, man. I mean, a $40,000 surprise.
1: Yeah, yeah, double your high yep. estimate. And you know, I, one of the <clears throat> biggest things that I see today with the building that is a big issue. Um, and a lot of people don't realize, first of all, we're at the like, highest building cost ever in storage. Yeah. Um, and we have not seen any dramatic easement or off the highs, right? So uh, yes, it's come down a little in some areas, but not, not significantly, where it would change a ton of things. Um, yet a lot of these markets, uh, rates have significantly come down and one of the problems you have with building, like we we're talking about, is timing. So what worked two years ago, for sure. all of a sudden, the bank says, we'll give you a construction loan predicated on this value, everything else like that. That makes sense. Well, you all of a sudden get the construction done. You need to go into a perm, and they look at market rates and say, oh, market rates, street rates, right? So people yeah. are giving discounts, everything else. They're down 30%. That means we're taking 30% percent maybe more uh, no actually they would take more because cap rates have gone up so 30% gross revenue down and also the valuation we would give you isn't as much <laughs> because we're not giving you a six yeah. cap anymore it's now a seven or whatever that is um, and you just lost 40% of the value of your facility on paper yeah air quotations um, because the bank is now looking at it 100% differently and now they look at you and say Ah, oh, yeah you need to put down you know, you, you that thirty percent that we had that was either going to be in equity and everything, that only is ten percent now that you have into it. Yeah. So you need to come up with another twenty percent to go to perm. Yeah. Yep. Otherwise, you're going to pay these continually high. Yep. Interest rates on this. And a lot of people are shocked by that now. Yeah. And it shows that what you mentioned, it's things change, yeah. right? And you when you take that long term view, it, it you can be. But cost didn't come down. So all of a sudden you're sitting here at the highest cost ever. Yeah. Rates you thought may- maybe it was, we- you may say, okay, this works because I can get a buck 50, right? And now you're trying to deal with this new reality. Um, you're trying to convince banks that it's okay because street rates and in-place rates are not the same thing. Yeah, But the banks are zeroing everything out. They they're being don't conservative. Care. Yeah. They don't care. And so now people are having to come with more cash to the table and everything. What it means is just you hit on that point. If you do not have free cash flow, if you're down to like your last penny or you're like this, may, you're not able to adjust for changes. Yeah. I and don't think you should start in building that. No. You know,
0: buy an existing, do that. Because we've also no. You know, you can
1: see it that time. You know, you know. Yep. and up until you, <clears throat> go, you actually close on that deal, you actually can get out of it. Yeah. Right? Now, you may cost you after your money goes hard, but you still... Yeah. And we had a, a really big portfolio we were gonna buy. That portfolio, the owners had underwritten in there, the taxes on it, you know, was whatever it was, 300,000 or whatnot. Okay. And we were gonna buy it. So we said, yeah. okay, um, the first thing we asked before we went under contract, we said, we're okay with your price. As long as these taxes are correct, to which the broker yeah. who put the taxes in said they are, trust me, I know this area, everything else like that. And I said, we said, that's fine, then we're okay with the price. In that time frame, interest rates doubled, and we also found out that they had underestimated those taxes by it was you know, it was twice yeah. or more than the taxes. So we're going back and you're three hundred thousand dollars that's the difference we, we literally I look at I like that's the difference of two of your entire facilities yeah it's as if we are buying two more facilities that we're not <laughs> getting yeah right and so we walked you away have to. and we could if you were building though you don't have the, those abilities
0: to or you just so. don't know some of these places are so hard to get you like a real estimate that they, I, they I, really we've never don't. Gotten it. No. no they 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 say you can talk to them but that doesn't seem to work no. that well The other thing we did is we bought a really old one, right? And then did the full value add. And I mean, it needed a lot. Like this place- Like CapEx? Oh, yeah. So this place was built, there was two phases. One in the late 70s. He was an early guy into storage. Yeah. And then one in the mid 90s. And that was all climate, okay? And they were, uh, It was uh, five buildings. And they had, it was a yellow and white steel back in the day. And it had faded to like- man, the worst yellow. It was just terrible. It was like chalky and, you know, like it really had been out forever. Yeah. So that one we bought, but it was it was a really good deal. They hadn't raised rents in forever. I mean, they were 50% under everybody around it. Mm-hmm. We really believed in it. But that one we ended <laughs> up doing new roofs on four buildings, new gutters. We had to put bollards. We painted everything. New fence, new electronic gates, new professional security system, like, you know, cameras, yeah. LED everything. We had to fix the well. We did this. But again, you know, that was... Even though that cost a lot more, that one we were able to put all that money in, then refinance it all back out uh, in a very short period of time. But again, as I think you know, um, some of your guys had touched on, that came because we had good relationships with the local bank. Yeah, they saw what we did, and we've done other loans with them, small loans. And I think that's the other point to people, you know, those little residential ones that we don't care about. Also, though, built our some of our track record with the local bank. And so we put all this money in, we're like, hey, we really want this out. Look, we've raised rents, you know, 50%. We've done all of this improvement, and now it's stabilized, and they uh, had us, they said, well, let's see if you get it reappraised. Well, reappraised, it came in very, you know, more than high enough, and so they're like, well, Um, God, they're like, we've never given someone in a year all their money back, (laughs) right? Because basically it was like everything we had put down, we still had a little more money into it, but essentially it was all of our money down and some, and it was a little hard on the bank because they don't like that after in a year, they usually want two, three years, whatever, but they did it. You know, we worked on it and they did it and it was perfect timing for us because it locked in a better interest rate, kind of had that money back. And, Uh, That facility is doing great. And the newest one we bought, it's immaculately maintained, doesn't need anything, but it has room for expansion. So we're kind of doing all of them, you know, ground up build, a full like value add, and then a really nicely taken care of facility that has expansion for expansion.
1: I I, I love it. I mean, those uh, three focus areas. And the nice thing about it is, um, you know, you're, it's kind of, first of all, a hedge, Because the acquisition, almost a hedge against development, what you're doing of it, that you have the expansion, which is kind of the best of both worlds. Yeah. Right? It's a little better. Um, And so it's, you know, there's a lot of ways to go about this. Um, And you've taken all three routes. Was that all in the same markets? Was it all in Oregon? Was it? How did you go about that?
0: We have... Two that are in Oregon and then a third in Washington. And then we always throw these like hangers in there. In a deal, we ended up getting 18 airplane hangers, but we okay. run them on self storage software. Yeah. You know, yeah. and so we kind of operate those, but those are also in Oregon. Okay. Um, and so the majority is in Oregon. We just bought this one in Washington. And, you know, for me, I, I don't want them too far. Like yeah. I'm willing to drive a little, but more importantly, When I look at the facility, I'm not wanting to own something that just makes two or three grand a month, you know? And I understand some people got to start there and you got to get in. But really what I'm looking at is, does this have that opportunity to net 20 or, you know, for me, that's where I'm at as an investor. I know you get to a bigger level, but right now I'm kind of like if if i can see that in that expansion or i can see that in something yes. then then i'm
1: interested that that's your buy box as far as financial buy box that's what you want
0: yeah because yeah. if it's 5 grand uh since we are trying to we're trying to automate at least most things we've got some that are entirely automated yeah. and some, you know one that isn't um we're trying to automate most things and that does mean like if something comes up sometimes i gotta send some guy that's a little more expensive and if i'm only making five grand a month and something costs 500 or a thousand it chews in more so for us that's where we're looking at now it may not start there like this one we just bought isn't making netting 20 i mean netting netting 20 a month but it's probably in the five but with that expansion it's for sure gonna hit it because that town has very high rentals and the city's requiring very little Yep. So it will work and hit that metric. Yeah, that's
1: how yeah, we look at the exact same way. And that's changed over time. I mean, it's changed in the last five years and it's, it's okay to start somewhere. We all do, yeah, right? I mean, our, exactly. Starting small. Yeah, my other water. properties. And as your business grows, it just changes your opportunity cost. Yeah. Like, like you said, so you, you have, and we tell people this all the time. We're like, hey, we would love to do this deal. And I think that, I even think this is a great deal. So just because I won't do a deal though, it doesn't mean that it's a bad deal. It doesn't mean that it shouldn't do. My structure of my company can't do it. It doesn't make sense for me. Yeah. So if, I, if we had this home run deal, but I'm looking at it going, I'm gonna net out with a partner, everything else, $20,000 a year, I, I can't afford to do it, right? I'll literally be losing money to somebody else that may be a home run and they should do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's important for everybody listening to this as you grow to be very conscious and aware of that. Yeah. Because opportunity cost in this game are a big deal because you spend so much time trying to find one. You need to deploy resources. You need to get the financing. These things take a long time, yep. right? Um, you don't want to be working on things for six, eight months. And to find out, you know, this really wasn't worth it. I'm actually at the end of the day, not making a lot of money. And you're <laughs> yeah. like, that was a whole year. Yeah. A whole year. But to your point on that, when we're talking about
0: this with people, I mean, that's, I mean, I feel like as we talk about this, it's almost like all these, you know, sometimes terrible negative things, but really the truth is storage has been awesome. I mean, that's why you're yeah. in it and well, we're in it, but I think there reaches a point, especially if you're starting on your first, like you you can analyze, you can look at stuff, but the more you look at it, at some point, you should start to have this little feeling like you, you the numbers look good and you just have a feeling this is the right one. Yeah. And then you are going to have to take that chance. Right? Absolutely. You are gonna have to buck up and go and for just it. And do it and do it. 100%. And, and figure out from there. And yep. I think I see too many people that ask me, like, well, what's close? Like the recent one we just bought. Yeah. This is a best story. We're driving home uh in the car from the place, and we paid 2.4 million. Okay. The one you you know, yep. we'll to, yep. We will talk about it, uh-huh. um, but we paid $2.4 million. This guy calls, kind of weird phone call. Hey, uh, is this, this Matt the new owner? And I'm like, yes, and I thought it was a tenant. He goes, that's eh, going to sound weird, and I don't really know how to ask, but I just need to talk to you a little. He's like, it um, seemed like a pretty good deal you got. And he's kind of slow rolling this, and I'm like, okay, what's it? He's like, well, I actually sent that owner a postcard five months ago and I got him to agree to sell it to me. But I just, I couldn't see the value. And I said, well, what did, you, what did he offer it to you at? What'd you agree on? Two million. And I said, well, that's the share. I said, let me guess, it's your first facility. Yeah. And he said, yeah. And I said, see, I'll explain to you some of the things you missed, you know? But yeah. because he felt it was good. Yep. But he called some mentor who was doing storage in Georgia but their price per square foot's nowhere near. That guy had never paid that number for something. I mean, they're renting 10 by 20s for 225. In Georgia, he's renting them for 100 or something, you know, in the middle of the So he couldn't comprehend how it could be worth 2 million, and I said, because you called on the wrong mentor and not the market, and I said, and you also didn't look, at the house that was included in it, how nice it was. You really weren't looking at how much that expansion would make you. So we kind of walked through it, but it it just goes to show you like, here was a guy, he had the opportunity to get even a way better deal than I got. Yep. But he just couldn't quite push himself into it. We would have lost. Yes. He had it locked up, but because he wasn't willing to close, the guy moved on to the next.
1: Yeah. I love that you hit on this and it's, this is actually a big problem and it it can be a big problem for everybody. And I, in like, you know, Matt, I've talked to you about, I I had one year, I think there was maybe not a full year, but it was about a year where I didn't buy anything. And the major driving reason is we, we've been in the game for so long and all of a sudden cap rates dropped and cap rates dropped. (laughs) And it was like, that's not worth it. It's not worth it because I've been buying for a decade Mm -hmm. this. And you're asking this, and so it, it was so different, right? And I felt like I was getting a bad deal. Yeah. And that was one of the biggest mistakes I ever made because, first of all, I was doing it on emotion. Meaning, my buy box and my metrics didn't change. Yeah. I still would have gotten the return that I wanted. Yeah. I was judging it though because of that price difference, and to me. And I feel so many people do this. Well, I can't buy this house. This house is worth 200000 right? I, I mean, my house only cost 100000 And that was six years ago or yeah. five years ago. Yeah, yeah. So they don't pull the trigger on it. And you you see this a lot. And millennials were the worst at it because when housing prices rose in 2000, like fifteen, sixteen, 16, all the millennials said, oh, we're going to wait till the housing market crashes again because I'm used to yeah, houses being penny on the dollar. And then... None of them bought. And guess what? All of a sudden, five, yeah. six years later, they're trying to get in and now they're trying to buy. There's no more houses. Yeah. Houses have now gone double from what they were. And you're looking at it going, I mean, during that time, there was a whole culture about not buying houses. Yeah, Like mm-hmm. they were proud about it. I mean, I remember people saying, you're stupid if you buy a house. People told me that because I was building a house and it was still, it was 2,000, Ten or eleven, and I had some, like people are like, "You can literally buy a house cheaper than that," and I'm like, "Yeah, but the land and this," and I'm I'm not looking at it in this investment mm-hmm. right, um, but it was an emotional state of being from something that had happened in the past, and yeah. that and me looking at all those people saying, "Oh, you're dumb," and then I went and did it in my own business, <laughs> exactly. and I'm like, "Oh crap!" Uh, none uh, of us are immune. Uh, right? say, no, oh, yeah, none oh, yeah. of us are immune, and first time homebuyers. Or, excuse me, first time investors, the problem is you don't have that experience. You don't. So then it's even worse.
0: But that's why I tell him is like when you get that, he had that gut feeling.
1: He had the feeling. He, he had knew the he feeling. He, he knew, knew he, he should
0: have. And he had done his research. But he went and asked someone else in an entirely different market. That's also something you yep. have to be a little careful on in an entirely different market. It's like someone who sells houses on Coeur d'Alene, like Lake. Yes. versus someone that sells in the middle of Wisconsin, like they're not, you can't comprehend the value here. Like yep. there's no, they they might both sell real estate, but they have no idea the value yep. between the two of them.
1: Nope, totally different.
0: And so that's like, would be my big tip to people. It's like, yes. you will have this moment where you've looked and you know it's right. And if you really wanna get in, you're gonna to have to do everything.
1: When you guys are looking at property management software for your storage facilities, there's a ton of options out there, but no other option compares to Tenant Inc. Tenant Inc. is going to be your one-stop shop solution that has an amazing amount of tools that you can deploy at your fingertips to maximize the value of your facility, to operate it more efficiently, more effectively. They have an open API where you can back in almost anything you want. You own your data, and it's just an incredible solution. I can't say enough good things about these guys. Link is in the show notes. Be sure to check out Tenant, Inc.
0: So on this most recent deal, um, we thought when we were were buying it that we were going to be able to do just some traditional financing, and we weren't aware of all the sellers. He has some extreme medical things he's going through, and his life condition didn't allow him to take that time. He really needs to close quickly. So we had submitted an offer and we're pretty excited, like, oh, I think this is going good. And we knew the brokers really liked us because they're ones in our area. They really work closely yeah. with us. Um, and they just call me back on Saturday and say, uh, yeah, no, I think you're going to be the backup. And I go, no, no, that's not what I want to hear. I don't want to yeah. be the backup. Yeah. What, what happened? Like, and he goes, well, they got an all cash offer and they're willing to close in 17 days And I was like, has he already decided? He's like, no. And I said, well, when are you meeting him? They're like, well, we're officially meeting him Tuesday. And I said, so you're saying if I have an all cash offer by Tuesday, I can be still in the running? And he goes, I mean, yeah, if you, I'm like, okay. Okay. So I got off the phone and man, I just start calling everybody. I mean, through all my contacts. The thing that surprised me the most, AJ, for me, I've never asked for money. Yeah. I was surprised at how many people would have gave me the money if they could have been partners. Okay, yes. that was the first yes. thing. They wanted equity. Yep. And I understand because they need tax yep. burden, but I had 24 hours to figure this out. I didn't really have time to restructure and figure out how yep. to do that. But that was actually kind of made me feel a little bit better in the future if I need to. I kind of knew yeah. there were some people, but they didn't solve my problem. So I yep. called all these people and it was kind of like, no, me, i no, 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 no. So then I start blasting george and everybody like i need aj to look at this and tell me if there's someone they knew well then ben called
1: matt's in my inner circle yeah and so you're talking so so i'm blasting george
0: and all that because i know aj's busy doing other (laughs) stuff and i'm like look at this email now like i need it now and uh then ben on our team yeah ben called and ben's like well what are you looking to do so i explained the situation i said we have money that we're willing to put down it's just i and i know it's gonna and he goes you know, in fashion. Let me just tell you what this is going to cost you, Dada, before you even, I said, yeah, I borrowed a lot of hard, hard money. I'm well aware there's fees yep. and all this. Yep. Like, let's just like, yeah. I, I need the money. I, I need it. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, he yeah. goes, all right, well, let me make a call. And sure enough, um, he called someone and the guy calls back on Tuesday or Monday and says, I'll do it. I said, really great. So I called him. Right? I say, I got you an all cash up. They said, really? They're like, well, now we need a commitment letter. So I said, Ted, I need a commitment letter that's the new lender. He goes, okay, sends it over. They called me back. They go, this isn't going to work. And I go, God, what do you mean this isn't going to work? They're like, well, he put all these outs in here. It looks like he doesn't even want to do the deal. You know, his legal letter has all these outs and you're competing against. So I'm like, Ted, I need you to take these all out. He goes, do you know there's a reason we put all those in there? (laughs) Legal reason. He really didn't want to do it. Yeah. And, you know, um, he was, we we came to a good understanding. I think he realized we weren't going to try to, you know, give any repercussions to him, you know, if something fell apart. Um, And he did it. And basically the brokers confused the owner. Not going to lie. That wasn't the end of it. So now all of a sudden the brokers were fighting so hard for us. The owner's like, well, now I don't know what to do. Right. Because he he just looking at these two and they knew at this point we were in Chicago, my wife and I. Yeah. And we said, we will fly back that next day to meet him. Yeah. And they said they got him to tell both parties, us and the other one, he'll make his decision in 48 hours. And they called me and they said, "Well, you're gonna be there in 32 hours, and it's gonna be on you to get him to go." To get him to go. So we flew into Portland, drove up to meet him, spent the day with him, and got him to sign that day. You know, that's awesome. it, It was like this whole yeah crazy number of pieces yeah. but when I say to be like you have to be that committed yeah oh there's moments you start second guessing I mean we didn't have a long time to look at this yep. we had to really like like I mean we were taking some advice we were looking at what we had done we were looking at those rents we were looking at this place is 100 100 percent full like yep. all the time uh we so that we knew there was still some rent growth and it took about 85 percent you know of our Just, you know, extra cash we had set aside. So, you know, that's a little nerve wracking. That is nerve wracking. And you have to make that decision in, you know, 13 days or 14 days that we closed. So um, if you're going to be in it, you're going to have those moments. You know, you're going to have to.
1: couldn't agree more. And I think this is a perfect example, (sighs) too. You know, people are like, how do you find deals? And I'm like, we sweat and bleed and crawl over glass to make deals. Yeah. We don't find them they don't just like stumble on my way to the office like oh look a deal yeah. right no that's what it takes and the, that's the behind the scenes stuff and of course it doesn't always take that it's not always stuff but that's what you have to be willing to do because the other people that are are going to get the deal yeah so um and and two little things matter like a lot to sellers and it can just tip that balance over right yeah these I mean, in the yes, letter, you it know? just, it can mess everything up. And, uh, I mean, it, it was even like that. I mean, your ability to call Ben up and get the money, right. And which anybody that wants to talk to Ben follow a link below, he's the guy that does all our debt and everything, but like you need to be prepared. And that's the thing is you were, you knew you could call George, you could call Ben, you knew what your buy box was, you knew your market. Mm-hmm. So if you stack too many things against you that you're not prepared or, you know, you're, you're wishy-washy about then all the things, cause there's no perfect deal. It'll yeah. never be clear. That wasn't a deal that was just simple. That was just like, because that doesn't exist. And so if you're not, then all the things that you don't know, when you have to make, when you have to decide that gut feeling, yeah. we have to do this. You're not ready to, and you can't make it. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you're in a position to where you can never move forward. You knew the markets, you knew what you were trying to do. You were willing to do it. You knew who to call. You've been preparing, so then even when there was the unknowns, but you knew this is where we want to go. Everything else, we need to make the decision to do it. You were able to execute, and it's not that you were, you know. I don't know. The other buyers were obviously well funded. Everything else, because they just came in and said, "We'll pay for it in cash, yeah. right?" It was you had to figure it funds. out. Yeah. Most people would say this. Well, they're going to pay for it all in cash. Well, I guess we're out. Okay. And that yeah. would have been the end of it. They would have just stopped, right? But you said no. No, no. Okay, I'm gonna call. Yeah. Let me figure this out. I got
0: 48 hours. Yeah. Let's, you know, Let's I got a this. Sunday and a Monday. Exactly.
1: <laughs> so, um, no, I, I love that story, and I think it's really important. I mean, what you guys don't see behind the scene on deals that we're doing. I mean, look at this. The, we had a deal um, that was going to auction. It was owned by the state. It was in, in Boise, and everybody came, and the the state did an appraisal and they appraised the facility i can't remember the exact number i think it was 3 million bucks so everybody came and then this is including reits and when we were looking at it we were like that doesn't make sense 3 million bucks cinder block this was thing was like 80,000 square feet you're like you we're like in this, this area yeah. and so we're like hold on here so we went to work and we went and got um uh, all the comps we did all already we looked at it and then we went and actually got we talked to a bunch of banks and we went and got our own appraisers uh, from the banks to appraise it and we shared with the appraiser here's our numbers here's what we're seeing and he went took it out and he came back and of course appraised it way higher more closely to what we saw. The they were saying it was worth 3 to 4 million or something like that and we're sitting here going this is worth 8. Yeah. And so we went in. First of all, we thought everybody did that. <laughs> and then we bought it for four and a half we were the last one sitting there which i, I kid Did you not he... we didn't expect to buy it because we thought there was no way because we knew it was worth eight we go i literally we went in and i you me and my like, dad were sitting there i was talking i'm like we're never gonna get this yeah. like but this will be fun that's so we went yeah and we're bedding, we're like oh yeah this is fun we're, we're bed and everything and all of a sudden everybody started disappearing and we're like looking at each other like oh my gosh, like what's going on? Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) And there was just us, one last person and caught it. We got it for four and a half million. And afterwards somebody came up and I said, how much, how, how were you willing to pay so much more than what it was worth at 3 million? And I looked and said, no, it it was worth 3 million to you, but not to me one person's and, opinion or something yeah you know, you know it, was, it was not a storage exactly. expert no and what this and what the state was doing was the the <clears> state <throat> doesn't care about even money yeah they don't they don't care about how much money they make they care about the fact that they can say we did a good job so they appraised it low so they knew it would sell above it because what the what what the state printed out and what they put in newspapers and everything of course in typical government fashion we got a buyer to pay a million and a half more than it was worth. Because they got an appraiser to pay nothing. That facility today is well worth over $10 million. We uh, averaging rate increase the next day was 65% rental rate increase. Within four months, that facility was worth $10 million. We had basically doubled the entire revenue and we were at a higher occupancy five months later than they were at 92. Wow. And it's like, you know, you, you look at that and you go, that wasn't that hard. Yeah. And two, for us, we thought everybody should have been doing that, but yeah. nobody put in the extra little bit of work. And just like you, you didn't want to do the extra little work. And it's that those little things, yeah, that give you a competitive advantage. And we had you didn't know you we didn't know we had no guarantees, right? We there was lots of unknowns. This was yeah. an auction. We didn't get. It, it was a stain yeah. on property right so just like you it was well, when unknown. we gave our offer we hadn't seen it in person so there, i yep, had trust
0: go. in the people that i knew we were talking to cuz we mm-hmm. had really got to know them and and mm-hmm. i was i had i mean i'm just going in my head like i i knew though those numbers in that area and you know yes. some of these things that like there there's was a us. whole bunch of little things we, that we, i kind of knew over here understood
1: this and you understood okay this is valuable mm-hmm. Yep. I may not know everything, but I, I know the important stuff.
0: Yeah. and But, I mean, that was like, that was nerve-wracking when you're going, oh, yeah. we basically just gave them like an all-cash offer and something we didn't yeah. <laughs> see. And uh, think that you didn't even have. The, yeah. Yeah. And so that, but, you know, it, here it is. It's, we now have it. It's actually made even right out of the gate a little bit more than they'd even predicted. I think it, they were doing everything by hand. That was the other thing, too. So the info we got yeah. was pencil and paper ledger. Yep. And even as we got into it, no, it's not that big of a deal, but there's just like, you know, crazy annoying things we're doing. You're by like, pencil uh, and paper. I don't know.
1: Okay. Is this totally correct? Is they it They had not? three I mean.
0: books and they would be slightly different. So we had to give some people credit in this just to try to get to match because yeah. they'd have here, they were paid through here. They weren't here. But the rent was a hundred here. This wasn't weren't.
1: clear. This wasn't a broker packet perfectly. Everything as is, as it is.
0: Yeah. And so that was kind of what we had to go off of. But I knew based on the square footage and some of the other things and, um, in, in asking I'm like the, and here's a key, you know, for someone, like if they're doing it, this might be knowledge you have in your area. And these are the edges you have it's on the coast and the coast destroys everything. Right. Like that. It'll rust anything, it'll yep. cause mildew mold. Well, this entire facility is heated. Every single unit, including yep. exterior. And when you go there, there's no smell. There is no mustiness, no yep. anything. So what I knew was they are not they are the premier. Yes. And many people had said like that's why we're here. And they don't even care if they pay more because it's kind of like if you store your stuff on the coast, it's either like you better store tools and stuff that you don't care smell bad. Yep. Or you better have really high end storage. Because yep. if you put furniture And an outdoor thing one that's lit because this is on the coast. It will I mean it's just a matter of time and it's no good. And so there's lots of people though that store household goods and there's really no smell. And so I I just knew like the cost to rebuild this, especially the way they heated all of them, it'd be a fortune. Fortune. And I I knew we were in good on that. And then, you know, it had the room for expansion. Um the last thing was we called the city right before our money went hard. Yeah. And told them where it was. I said, I just want to ask you some questions about building here. And I never had a city be easier. I mean, literally the response, generally, if you ever call a city, it's like, well, if you submit preliminary yep. plans, we'll schedule a meeting. Mm-hmm. Well, I could get you a builder or, or, you know, planning guy on the phone. But they, they're everybody's vague. Yep. Nobody answers anything. Nope. Nobody wants to give you concrete anything. We called them, said, here's the address. Oh, yeah, I know where it is. Okay. Um, how close can I build to the lot line? Oh, you can build right on the lot line. But we don't prefer it. Five feet off okay, what if I want to do this? What if I want to put a road? It's your property. Do what you want to do. Yeah. Do I need to put a bathroom? No, you already have one. And I was like,
1: okay, direct,
0: easy. Knew they weren't going to do it. So I also had just that feeling from my experience in building. So these are where like those moments come Yes. and and you just have to go for it. They start
1: painting that picture of how we can execute and how we can get this done. But at the same time, it wasn't, no you you had to go with that you got to just do it
0: yeah and we're still going to see how that works out we're not building yet i mean i just have that feeling that it's good but we're going to see this next year as we try to expand how well that actually goes but
1: well i love it and these stories i think are helpful for everyone and for those of you listening once again they have lots of facilities uh don't forget you still make these mistakes as i learned and i know that i do and so it's important to remember this stuff and look at it and and be thinking about that, in fact, I think it's opposite. I think the bigger you get sometimes we get overconfident
0: mm-hmm.
1: in numbers and it, it it's like it's almost too much
0: well, do you feel that you can uh, you get to a point where you're making enough you you because you can afford to make some mistakes? yeah, maybe it gets a little looser and a little
1: yeah, there's definitely. I mean, the statesman deal, things like that, right? So we go back, we, we feel more confident, things like, because we knew we, we have a buffer, so I'll just, okay, I'll pay for that in cash, right? But then there's other things that we come to expect because it's easier. And so it's like, well, if we would just do a little more, we'd maybe get a better deal or, you know, things like that. But these are mistakes that we all make. These are human mistakes. And at the end of the day, it's because there is no perfect runway. It doesn't exist. I don't care how good the broker is. I don't care what it, is. and you got to remember if the broker is like, oh yeah, this is perfect. Here's pro forma, everything else like that. They're just putting numbers into Excel. Yeah. That. I, I mean, I don't mean anything bad. I'm not saying that's bad brokers because we do it on our proforma and everything else, but it will never play out that way mm-hmm. ever. It will never go the way that that spreadsheet says it will in year one, two, and three. It never has. It never will because that's impossible. You're talking about individual tenants, pennies, dollars, expenses that you don't know. Yeah. It's, it will never happen. And so there comes to this fact that you have to accept that and you have to move forward regardless, or you just will never do anything.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. Hey, have you guys gone, have you done this with any of your facilities gone to like full automation on one of them?
1: Yeah, we have, um, two. Full automation. We've got in in two. Even like, and this is the thing that I I try to talk about a lot. I'm like even if we have a person on site, yeah, that doesn't mean it's not fully automated.
0: Okay. So
1: like we we have a manager at our sites, but they somebody could go rent everything. They never even talk need to talk to a person. Yeah. So if the manager's not there, we're still renting, right? It's just they're so big, yeah, that it's like. We, we will never not have managers there. Our Reno facility um, was a perfect example. Everybody was asking and we're like, this this thing is, and we're expanding it now. We're like, this is a hundred and whatever it will be after the expansion, 50,000, 60,000 square feet. Oh gosh, we have yeah. a road that goes through the middle of it. We have, yeah. wait, how many exit yeah. doors do we have? 15 <laughs> yeah. entrance and exits. We're like, we will never not have a manager. Yeah. And the revenue that we get compared to what we have to pay the manager and Spot. what we get out, it, yeah. it doesn't matter, right? Yeah. Um, so logistically, we will not ever have that fully automated okay. because yeah. of, you know, certain things that doesn't mean it's not the fully automated. Yeah. Right. So we try to set up every single one of our assets that we could pull our manager out and it doesn't matter. We're still getting rentals. Now we're merging the older ones onto that and we're okay. trying to get there. But, uh, you know, we're we, that, that should be a standard, I think for everybody, whether you have a manager or not, it should be fully automated. Yeah, move to where you can do it. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because you don't have a manager there all the time. Yeah, so, I mean,
0: in smaller ones, we're we're really just finding it's not necessary. I mean, we're just we just use like a maintenance guy and absolutely. People ask, "How do you find it?" And I was like, it "Our took two ones a while. that we're talking
1: are smaller ones; they're under yeah. fifty thousand square feet. If if I'm doing something that's thirty-five thousand square feet, there's no manager.
0: No, just
1: fully on Absolutely. Yeah, it doesn't make sense at all. So, um, dude, thank you for coming on, huh. man.
0: Thanks for having this me, was man. awesome it was fun. you know
1: i the event's been great and I, you know i love having you here we met 2 years ago at the event and you know i think so much of you and and your wife and um i you know your little girl absolutely adorable so thank you, thank you for coming on sharing your experience you guys are rocking it um and look forward to seeing over the next year how your new one comes out, more importantly, how many more deals you get. Yeah, let's see. I mean,
0: we're we're already looking at two, so we'll see what happens out of that, but we're we're always working to get some more. Awesome. Thanks, man. (laughs) Thank you.